0: Hello and welcome to the sixteenth episode of the Top Two Hundred and Fifty Podcast. I'm Sam Kane, and today I have a very special guest. He's been on the podcast before, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian McCuller.
1: Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back.
0: I think uh, every time you're on the the podcast, we gotta do '90s movies because this one is definitely a '90s staple. But of course, this movie is The Matrix.
1: What a great movie. I mean, I think we were both saying how it it still holds up after all these years. I mean, everything from the film technology to set design to the originality of the story, it was fantastic.
0: This is only the second time that I saw The Matrix, believe it or not. It was actually the first time in 10 years that I saw it. I, I never really got into it, to be honest. Like, the Matrix? Interesting.
1: Yeah. Especially you as, as somebody who enjoys editing and writing. Uh, this is this is a movie that's heavy on both of those points.
0: Yes. I would say
1: editing is, is the main wow factor of this film. Well, the filming techniques that fostered the amazing editing.
0: Yes. Actually, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the editor, um I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. It's Zach Steinberg. It's S-T-A-E-N-B-E-R-G. I just feel like sometimes uh, the credit always goes to the directors, even though the Wachowski brothers did an amazing job. Lena and Lily Wachowski, formerly known as the Wachowski brothers. The show. The show. And uh, I actually watched a video that was talking about the editing, and it was really informative. I liked it a lot, but they didn't even reference the editor's name in it. And I was like, oh, man, that's kind of a bummer. But Zach Steinberg, that's his name. Holler. First of all, when was the first time you actually saw the movie? Because I, I was late to the party. I didn't see this until 10 years after it came out. It's so funny.
1: I don't want to get my parents in trouble because I was only like 12.
0: Yeah. But, yo, I saw it in the theaters, and what? it was an awesome experience. In 99, you saw it in theaters? That's crazy. Yes, sir.
1: That's- I sure did. And it's a bummer, because I was like kind of late coming into the movie. It's funny you said I was late to the party, because I was literally late coming into the movie. So my first frame that I saw in this movie was the explosion. You know, Trinity's coming off the off the motorcycle doing the jump or whatever, and the motorcycle goes into this building and boom! This big Michael Bay explosion happens. And I was just immediately like sucked in, like, this is going to be the awesomest movie I've seen in a while. And uh, I wasn't wrong. It was really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument. Uh, I mean, in terms of action movies and you know how impactful this was a genre, um, the amount of people that ended up copying it afterwards. There's a... Uh... You know, the, there's before The Matrix and after The Matrix in terms of action movies <laughs> almost. I just, I feel like this was such a staple on pop culture. My first reaction to watching this again and, you know, kind of thinking about the context of uh, the current climate with the film industry and how, uh, you know, there's there's not many original scripts getting made anymore. I guess I kind of instinctively assume that this was based on, like, a comic book or something like that that came out a while ago, but this was actually a completely original script by Lena and Lily Wachowski— I was just really impressed because it's so hard to get original scripts made in Hollywood these days. Obviously, this was 20 years ago. I think the budget was around $60 million. And I just feel like it's kind of a hard sell to, to for a movie that had so much expository plot you can even make the argument that it's it's almost borderline esoteric i mean thank god we have the character of morpheus to explain what the hell is going on in the, the beginning of the movie
1: it's so concisely delivered all that exposition that you're talking about uh you know explaining how humans are are batteries essentially you know that really doesn't take up a whole lot of time in the movie to explain and they actually have a foreshadowing of that written into a they call uh they call Neo a copper top, uh and that's before it explains how what what that what does that mean? So we're all interested, you know. Please explain this world that we're living in, uh, with very minimal uh, uh time taken up. Yeah, uh, I I definitely commend them for that, and with no real prior uh success in in the film industry to come out get sixty million dollars on this absolutely ludicrous uh storyline that you can't there's no elevator pitch for the matrix you know try to explain the matrix in 30 seconds (laughs) good luck that's why will smith said he says to this day uh they pitched this movie to me
0: and i was like i'm out (laughs)
1: there's no way i'm gonna do this movie
0: you really have to buy into it pay attention to what's going on lily and lana wachowski they previously did a a couple movies they wrote a script for one action movie i can't remember the name off the top of my head but the first film they directed was actually a lesbian film noir from 1996 called bound i mean it was moderately successful so the first action movie that they sold the script for in the early 90s, Warner Brothers actually bought that in addition to two other scripts that they had. And the other two were bound in The Matrix. And amazingly enough, they all ended up getting made. Matrix, of course, being the last one. It's just so hard to get original screenplays made, I feel like. It's almost like, these days, it's almost like suicide investing this kind of money into something with no built-in fan base, especially one with such a complicated plot, not to mention just the challenge that they knew they were up against with getting these fight scenes right and the, the groundbreaking special effects that they had in mind. It's almost like kind of a headache, like, oh, my God. It just seems like a daunting task, but it was a different time in the film industry and uh they they really hit a, a grand slam with this one just financially and uh the critics loved it the audience loves it it's it's pretty flawless and there's it's a it's even though it's over 2 hours long it's it's pretty tight there's it doesn't waste like every scene has a purpose it doesn't really waste any time with um you know, it doesn't trail off or anything like that. But, I mean, my God, just just the impact that it had on pop culture. I mean, I, I, I didn't even see it for ten years after it came out, but I knew so much about it already from seeing it parodied you know, all these other movies. So it was parodied in Scary Movies. Uh, I think it was a couple of them. It was parodied. It was parodied in uh, Shrek as well.
1: There were some iconic moments, you know, I mean, uh, in, in all these films that you're covering the top 250 here, there are iconic moments. That's the reason that they are in the top 250. You know, you're talking about the last one we did together was Pulp Fiction. No, and no. I think I used the term, like, you know, iconic moment after iconic moment <laughs> because, I mean, Let's be honest, it's Pulp Fiction. That's the way that that movie runs, okay? It's just irreplaceable, fantastic movie. Now, The Matrix is in the same vein. You have these moments, but they are driven entirely by how original the story is and how original the effects are, like the Neo dodges bullets. That's something that, you know, all the kids when, you know, I was in grade school, and high school, even, you know, years after years, everybody's like, you know, I'm Neo. And they do these crazy arm movements and, you know, I'm dodging bullets. And not a, everybody thought that was just the coolest thing to come from this movie.
0: It's funny because for most of the movie, I'm watching it and I'm just like, wow, this still looks pretty good. But then I feel like some of the worst effects were at the very end of the movie, like when Agent Smith blows up. I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a that's a valid point. The other scene that comes to mind is the, the cushy road, you know, where he doesn't make his first jump and he falls into the road and
0: oh, it expands
1: yeah. out from under him like he's Bugs Bunny.
0: Uh, they looked like something out of Space Jam.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. But all in all, I think stuff like that, you, like, you can tell like some of the characters are obviously on wires and stuff oh, like yeah. that.
0: You mentioned wires. So all the actors were using wires. <laughs> I think every single actor got injured at one point. Keanu was having um, neck issues that was affecting his spine, and I think he was close to paralysis towards the beginning of filming. What? So they actually filmed all the non-fight scenes with Keanu at the beginning of the movie as he healed. And then uh, they they weren't able to have him do too much kicking. He might kick like once in the movie. I, I know he kicks more in the sequels. But... Uh, yeah, he didn't have full use of uh, his legs for training. So that's why a lot of, he, he gives a lot of punches. He's oh pretty good gosh. at And I guess the fight choreographers kind of had ideas in mind for what the characters were doing. So then they started filming and then realized that the actors couldn't quite physically reach what they were going for, but they were able to identify their strengths and what they can do for fighting and they basically just altered the scenes to have them use their best strengths in fighting for their characters well that's
1: really interesting but also disappointing i mean safety on set is now uh, it's a hashtag it's a very serious concern when it comes to actors and all crew members i mean filmmaking shouldn't be dangerous but The things that we try to deliver with cameras (laughs) make it dangerous. Those rigs, not everybody wears harnesses when you're trying to do a jib on top of a car. These things that should be important are not as important as getting the shot. And uh, that's, I think, coming to an end. I think the culture now on set is more that of, like, focusing on safety before anything else as opposed to getting the right shot.
0: Safety's definitely improved over the years on uh, film sets. In fact, I heard uh, Keanu... Actually, gave a pretty good portion of his salary towards the stunt crew for this movie. I mean, another nice Keanu story, like Keanu being Keanu. Yeah,
1: that's really interesting. So we were kind of, uh, we we talked the other day, and uh, we were mentioning how his acting is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it leaves something to be desired. I mean, it, it really reminds me of like Hayden Christensen in, in the Star Wars movies.
0: All right, all right. I'm going to say a line, and you're going to reply, no, you're not. I'm going in. No, you're not. I have to. <laughs> I don't know why. I So the first time I saw that again, I laughed so hard. And
1: to be honest with you, I think a lot of that, what we perceive as wooden acting, was a character that he built. I mean, you're talking about a, per, a computer programmer, it is somebody that's an introvert, somebody who doesn't do a lot of leaving their desk uh, at their home when when they don't need to. The scene where he's in the club and he's just like facing a wall, you know what I mean? I think we all feel that way sometimes, but mm-hmm. Neo felt that way all the time. Like he didn't belong, and he he just is an uncomfortable person when it comes to talking to people i think that that's something that we can all identify with so maybe we can you know say that it's wooden acting but really if you're if you're looking at the character that that we're talking about here neo i think that it totally fits and we're not giving him a lot of credit i think a lot of people feel like what we're talking about is that we expect more emotion from him but what can we expect from this guy you know the whole point of the story is that you're the one and <laughs> what how it's like what uh, Cypher said. What do you say to something like that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's obviously a lot more going through his mind than you know what he's saying. I mean, originally, they offered Will Smith this part. That would have been a completely different movie if it's him. Absolutely. He's a comedian. Yeah, he would have been, you know, throwing out one-liners and whatnot.
1: And way too confident of a persona.
0: Yeah, no, that that's not, you know some guy working a 9 to 5 job at a computer for the, in an in an office, you know. So, thankfully Will Smith turned it down. And apparently so Keanu saw the script and um I guess he he, he got sent over to him, he loved it, and then he met with uh, Lena and Lily Wachowski in the parking lot. And, um yeah, they, they basically agreed to it in a parking lot. They're just like, all right, you're going to have to do uh, four months of training. <laughs> and that was it. So,
1: kind of cool. And Sam, you know a lot about this movie for only seeing it twice. I'm very impressed with your, uh you know, breadth of knowledge.
0: I mean, I I just... Try to Google stuff to see what comes up. And I also Googled uh, the word matrix because, I mean, it wasn't a word invented for this movie. I'll give you the Wikipedia definition. Okay. My favorite website. Uh, A matrix is a rectangular array of numbers or other mathematical objects for which operations such as addition and multiplication are defined. Most commonly, a matrix over a field F is a rectangular array of scalars, each of which is a member of F. Okay, I don't understand that. I think our our buddy Nick Watson would understand that, Mr. Uh, math major. But yeah, it's, it's, it's something to do with math, basically. Yeah. I
1: remember learning about matrices. Uh, I I don't remember how to do them. I I know that there is a, a function. And now a message from Nick Watson.
2: So a matrix is a mathematical concept, which in its simplest form just means a table of numbers. There are rows and there are columns, and there are numbers in those rows and columns. And what a matrix is used for is to represent a linear transformation. And a linear transformation is a fancy generalization of a linear function, which we all learned about in middle school. You might remember y equals mx plus b from your eighth grade teacher, or, or maybe you remember sleeping through that part of class. But it's, it's really all it is, and they're extremely useful in describing transformations that occur naturally in science and engineering physics or i mean even in uh if you're a gamer the way that video games are rendered uses a lot of linear transformations so they're they're absolutely essential to real world science and engineering that we all rely on every day
0: this has been a message from nick watson
1: what kind of club are they at where they're playing rob
0: zombie yeah right
1: 90s what a weird time
0: it was
1: did they play prodigy after that song
0: yeah they did prodigy they have some massive attack in the soundtrack so it's kind of interesting so the movie I guess takes place in the 22nd century like that that's what reality really is but Mm. the matrix is based on the late 20th century It's kind of interesting. I didn't like that they dropped the
1: specific year that the movie was released. You know, it kind of dates dates the movie specifically, right? Um, You know, you might think it's the year nineteen ninety nine specifically. So here we are in twenty twenty, and yes, I love this movie, but now when I show this to my kid in 20 years and i say this is this is the dope shit right here he's gonna look at me like i'm old and say it says it's 1999 this movie is like 50 years old you know i like i like it when movies are timeless and i feel like they could have done that with this i mean save for all the technology that we already spoke about but if they didn't say specifically 1999 i feel like it would have it would have stayed more relevant for a wider period of time
0: yeah, they didn't need to do that. They they definitely could have left the year out, but you know maybe they they wanted the uh, the audience to connect to the the current reality and uh, make people question like, oh, is is all this real or am I in the matrix? You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think I think the existential themes of this movie are absolutely undeniable.
0: Yeah. We'll definitely get to that at the end. So, the infamous bullet dodge scene. I think we can agree that's probably the most iconic part of the movie. They used 100 cameras, actually. Like, like not video cameras, like still photography cameras. So they they lined up hundreds of still cameras around Keanu Reeves and in succession would take pictures multiple still shots so you know it's almost kind of like stop motion in some ways right but the fact that they had so many cameras they they could really speed things up if they needed to by just spacing the cameras apart more or if they wanted to make it like even slower they would put each camera closer together
1: yeah, like with the jump kick scene at the at the beginning with Trinity where she basically stops in the air and then we wrap around her.
0: Yep. Now, um, do you know where this was filmed? Try and guess. You know, you want to say uh
1: somewhere in America, you know, everybody's everybody's favorite, you know, town is New York or Chicago, but it didn't seem so uh familiar. You know, it seemed like a like, you know, a city that I've never seen before. It obviously wasn't L.A., you know what I mean? Just the skyline was different.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I didn't recognize it either because I've never been to this place. So they filmed it in Australia. The, the city they used was Sydney, but they blocked out some of the notable uh, things in the skyline. So, yeah, it basically just looks like any other city, and if you've never been to Sydney, you probably wouldn't recognize it. And, in fact, there's a lot of Australian actors in the movie, you know, that kind of give some casting insight on stuff. Um, You know, when a movie picks uh, the main region it's going to be filmed in, the big stars of the movie, the main cast, they'll they'll fly over and, you know, give them room and board, give them their very nice hotel rooms, five-star hotel rooms. Um, But then... The rest of the cast, they'll usually just hire locally from, right. you know, to save money so they're not paying for hotels for everyone, you know? You don't want to hire, like, 300 actors from Los Angeles and fly them sure. to Australia. So uh, that would be very expensive. For
1: for non-speaking roles, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> especially that. Yeah, you fly, like, thousands of extras over. So, yeah, let's get to the the philosophy stuff of it. Um, you mentioned the Plato's Plato's allegory. – what is it, Brian? I, I completely <laughs> forget. I, I didn't pay much attention to philosophy.
1: That's all right. Uh, so existentialism is, is uh, something that I gained a lot of interest in in, in high school. Plato's Allegory of the Cave is yes. what they drew from mainly when you're talking about The Matrix. So Plato's Allegory of the Cave st- is about – it's, a, it's just a story about a group of people who live inside a cave. There is a fire in the cave that is their only source of light. So all they see is shadows on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. They can't see anything else other than shadows on the wall. So they've never been outside the cave. Well, they don't know that there's an outside of the cave. This is all they know is what's inside the cave. Right. So if you don't know, then all you can do is accept your reality because that's the nature of, you know, humanity is to adapt. And I think in this case, the matrix is obviously the cave. The point of it being is, like you said earlier, to question whether or not our nature, uh, what we perceive as to be our existence is the true existence or are we all just in a coma and this is a dream? Are we schizophrenic and this is a hallucination? Um, are we real at all?
0: Yeah. It's thought provoking stuff. I mean, there's so many, I, I watched a whole video about certain philosophies that, uh, you know, they incorporated into the matrix and I mean, a lot of it's like, oh yeah, I I heard of that philosopher, and I don't remember what he was all about, but... Basically, they, the Wachowskis did their research. Or, you know, maybe they're just philosophical people to begin with, but it's really cool how they were able to bring all these different views of life together and make it into an entertaining action movie uh, that's also very thought-provoking not easy to do this is this really is. so
1: the violence that we see i think is an extension of the existentialist themes 100 because if if okay so you, existentialism bleeds into nihilism because if you can bring into doubt the nature of our existence our human experience our shared reality If you can bring that, cast doubt upon that and start wondering whether or not this is all real. If somebody takes that to heart and all of a sudden believes that this isn't real, our shared reality, that none of their actions matter. Nothing has consequences or consequences within this non existent shared reality. Uh, are of any consequence they don't matter Uh, so that I think can sort of cast some light on the existence of how much violence is in this movie because I think the way that it's kind of portrayed is that anything inside the matrix doesn't matter and even some of the humans that exist within the matrix are just batteries they don't exist as real people because they're not quote-unquote woke Right they're just mm-hmm. they were grown, and they live inside a pod in a field somewhere, and none of it matters, and they're all just potential hosts for agents to become a real threat and that's scary stuff it is <laughs> that's something that we that we see uh more and more today is people acting on those questions and uncertainties,
0: you know similar. Like I said, I um I haven't seen this movie in ten years. I've only seen it twice and I I I didn't really consider myself uh much of a fan. But I think it's uh I think it's really I mean it's similar to Lord of the Rings. And I'm convinced it's because I didn't really want to turn my my brain on and figure out what the hell is really going on in these movies? And paying attention, just you know, kind of like, oh, that's a cool punch. Uh,
1: <laughs> it can get a rap as being either uh, a bad action movie or being all about the effects, and that there's no story. But neither of those things are true.
0: Not at all, Brian. I uh, I think I took the blue pill.